Last week, we started this series called Heart for the House, and today we're in part two of this series, and we said this whole uh, series is about really one word called alignment, that we just want to get aligned as a church, that we would be aligned with where we are as a church, where we're going as a church. Some things are shifting and turning and changing within our church, and one of those, of course, is this new facility that we've just been in a few weeks, and so um, so anyway, so we just want to get aligned with where we are as a church. I think it's whole, so, so important for us. So last week, uh, unfortunately, we had a lightning strike kind of thing happened, and because of that, we were not able to record uh, the service last week, so you may have missed it, and if you missed it, you can't go back and watch it because we don't have it available for you. So just a quick recap, and then I'm going to jump into what we're talking about today. We went through three things last week, and we don't expect you probably to memorize all of these, uh, but here is the three things we talked about last week. First one was simply our vision, and that is the church that we see. This is the church that we see, that, that is to say this is the church that we're trying to and hope to create, and that is a church that equips people to grow their knowledge of God and make him known by the way they live. And to that, and this is going to be important, there are four what we would call pillars to our church. That is when uh, 2015, when we were praying uh, just about the church and what God wanted to do through Brave Church, we really felt like he impressed four things upon our heart. And one of those would be that through a church, that would be one pillar. Two, that every child deserves an opportunity to learn a Christ-centered environment. And so we help fund child education. That would be the second pillar. The third is to build homes for the homeless, that somehow we would provide homes and housing to people who are in need of homes. And then the fourth thing is that to have a resource center, a place that people could utilize their gifts or talents or whatever it may be to help equip the community in our, around us and around our city. And so we have these four pillars, but ultimately all of those things get kind of funneled into this one statement. It's a church that equips people to grow in their knowledge of God and make them known by the way they live. And that is the church that we see. And so therefore, that's, that's our vision. Then the second thing we mentioned was simply our mission, and that is simply more of what we do here. So that's the church we see, but this is what we do, that we lead people into a transformational relationship with Jesus, that we don't want people to have just a transactional relationship with Jesus, but instead we want to lead people to a transformational relationship with Jesus. And I have found in my life that whenever you meet and encounter Jesus, your life gets transformed. And so ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. And even more specifically, and we do everything very intentional at Brave, and if you know me, I'm very intentional in what we do, uh, and that is the word lead actually means to hold somebody by the hand, that we want to guide people through the process to lead them into a transformational relationship with Jesus. And that's a statement, that's a new statement around here, that's a statement you're going to be seeing a lot of and hearing a lot about because ultimately that's what we do, so we just want to get aligned in that. And the third thing, this was like a really big thing, was simply our heart, the why. Why we, we do what we do here? And we simply said it's really all about people. And the reason it's about people is because Jesus is our model. So people are our passion. And so we're all about people. And this is going to be another statement that you're going to see a lot of. We're all about people. And what we just didn't want you to do is walk in and say, oh, we're all about people. What does that mean? We wanted to give you context of what that means to Brave Church when we say we're all about people. And the heart of that is simply this. That when you think about people, we're not here to build a church. I've got to say that to you. We're not here to build a church. We're not here to use people to build a church. No, that's not what we're trying to do. Remember, the, the pastor's not the product. Amen? Like, it's not about me just trying to, you're trying to help me fulfill what, you know, what I want. No, we are here to build people. That's what the church is here to do, to build people. So we want people to grow, people to grow in their faith, come to know God, connect to other people. So we're just all about people. Everybody say amen if you agree that's about people. It's not about me. So it's really all about people, and that's what, when you see that statement, that's ultimately what we want you to know. And so this whole thing is really all about alignment. And today, we're going to continue in our series on alignment. Last week was those things, kind of like what we do and how we do it and why we do it, and all that sounds great. But today, I want to talk to you about our approach, and that is really how we go about pulling this whole thing off. Does that make sense to you? And so uh, today, as we continue in this series on approaching, I want to unpack a few things to you. And, and the first thing is really about this word disciple. When you think about the word disciple, this is a, a 
church word that you hear? How many of you guys have heard the word disciple before? Probably all of you, disciple, or hear about discipleship. And so today we're going to talk about disciple because ultimately this is really what we're called to do. This comes from Matthew 28. Uh, Christians will call this the Great Commission. If, you, you know, if you're not a Christian or unsure about the whole thing, this is what people have talked about. Matthew 28, Jesus makes this statement. This guy named Matthew records Jesus' statement about disciples. And here's what Jesus said about disciples. Matthew 28, I think we'll put it up on the screen if we have it. And it says this, The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Here's the whole point of saying this word, disciple. Ultimately, Jesus tells all of his followers, I want you to go and make disciples. And every church that, that you attend, in most cases, really ultimately is trying to accomplish this, to make disciples. And, and they frame it different ways or say it different ways, and, and we'll do the same. It's not like our statement's better than someone else's statement. It's really ultimately all about making disciples. And some people say, how do you go about making disciples? How do you go about fulfilling the Great Commission? What is your process to that? Or what's your discipleship model to that? And for some churches, maybe you've been a part of churches like this, they'll have classes to take or courses to take. And I actually was just kind of looking on different churches and just kind of seeing what other people do. And I mean, you know, I've, I've done this for a long time, but seen it. Some some people have 30-day classes. Some people have like year programs. Some people have like a just come to this one-time, one-hour thing, and then all of a sudden you graduate, you sign it, you're a, you're a disciple now. Everybody has different approaches to how they go about doing it. And so today, I want to unpack kind of our approach as it relates to disciple. So we just did something that's kind of crazy. We just thought, well, let's look at the disciples and let's see what the disciples did. And then we're just going to do whatever they did and however they went and pulled it off because they did a pretty good job. So, so if the disciples did what Jesus had to do, made disciples, let's just go look at the disciples and let's just do what the disciples did. Does that make sense? So Acts chapter 2, this is really cool. The disciples actually ended up doing what Jesus said to do. That's actually why you're here, in case you didn't know. The reason why you're here is because these disciples decided to make disciples, and eventually they made disciples, and now you're here all being discipled. Okay, so, so ultimately, that's where it all comes from, and this is great scripture verse recorded to us in the book of Acts. A guy named Luke writes this down. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. We'll put it up on the screen, and this is how the disciples pulled off making disciples. We see it in the New Testament church, and here's what it says. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. All right, pause. Here's the context. Jesus has died on the cross. Then Jesus is resurrected from the grave. That's an amazing miracle in and of itself. He actually predicts his own death, pulls it off, resurrects from the grave. Then he walks around on earth for 40 days, and he teaches these things to his followers. And now we're reading what happened and what he said, what to do. And then this, this church begins to launch. He goes back up into heaven. The disciples begin to carry out this great commission of making disciples as they are instructed to do. And then this is what they did. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and breaking of bread and a prayer. And every one of them was filled with awe, many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So there's amazing miracles and great healings. All kinds of cool stuff happened. It says all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone in need. That's incredible. They gave. That's really cool. We'll come back to that in a minute. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. So we're going to have church every day. No, we're not going to do it every day. But that's what they did. They did it every single day. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Man, it's just this incredible thing. So as we looked at this text, and I know I'm going through this fast for you, but as, they, as, they look, as we looked at the text, we just noticed a couple of behaviors of these disciples. And one of the first things you see, we don't put these four behaviors up just yet, just leave the verse up, but one of the first things you see is they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. All this one thing. You get this sense that these disciples gathered you see that very clearly in right there, that they, they gathered. They didn't, they didn't make disciples alone or in isolation, that they, they gathered. In fact, they gathered so much that they did it every single day. I mean, they really thought that this is how you should make disciples. At some point, you've got to come into a relationship or connection to other people, and that is part of making disciples. Another thing that you'll simply see 
is that they grew. You say, well, what do you mean they grew? Not just in size, because the Lord added to their number daily, although they did grow in that way, but simply they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That is to say, we devote ourselves to this teaching. We're going to continue to grow in this word. We're going to position ourselves to grow in what the apostles are saying. So they position themselves in a place to grow. Another thing you see here in the text is simply giving. It says they gave to everyone in need, that everybody kind of brought their gifts to the table so that no one was without, that everybody had their needs met. And so this is all about supplying needs. So you see generosity. You see giving being part of the discipleship model. And the fourth thing is simply the word going, because you see this replication of it that the Lord added to their number daily. And so as people came into this New Testament church, as they made more disciples, those disciples would then in turn make more disciples, and then the pattern continued to go. And so we just kind of made this really simple for you in a way that you can understand, the way that I can understand. These four behaviors, we'll put them up, and it's simply around this, gathering, growing, giving, and going. You see these four behaviors of a disciple. Disciples gathered, they grew in their faith, they continued to give to others in need, and they went and told other people about what Jesus was doing in their life. And you see this pattern all through the New Testament. And you say, why does that matter to you? What does that have to do with our approach? Everything. Because what I want you to know today is the, how we go about approaching, pulling off, making disciples. If you were to take a look inside of the church and say, when you look at the staff, when you look at the leadership, how do they go about pulling off this great commission of making disciples? Well, we don't have a class to take. Instead, we, we don't have this 30-day course to take. Everybody say amen. All right, we're not doing 30-day courses, okay? And, and we don't have an eight-month. We don't have a year-long thing for you to do. Instead, this is really our model as it relates to making disciples. And again, this series is all about alignment. So we just want you to be aware of what we're trying to accomplish and do. And so here's what it is, and we'll, we'll put it in the same statements. We'll just change, put the word we in front of it. But our approach to making disciples is centered around these four things. We gather, we grow, we give, and we go. And then we just do it again. We gather, we grow, we give, and we go. And so that's so important, I think, for you to understand is that that's why we gather. So let's just pause and talk about gathering. So if you were to take a peek at our staff and our ministry and our budget, you would look at and say, they really believe in gathering. And so we put a lot of money into providing a place to gather, right? This is one of our biggest line items in our budget. Everything that you see that happens on a Sunday, currently on a Sunday, uh, from all the production stuff to all of our line items, I mean, you would see a lot of emphasis and a lot of finances drive towards gathering. Why? Because we want to gather. Why? Because that's what the disciples did. Right? So this is just part of gathering. It's part of the process of making disciples is just gathering. We believe that people should gather, whether they gather online, they gather in person, although we really encourage and hope people will ultimately be able to find a place to gather in person. We think that's high, highly, highly important, but for some, they have to do it online, and so we have people watching for different states and different parts of our nation, and so we encourage them to gather together online, and we're creating community our best that we can that way, but we believe in gathering, and so that's ultimately what we do. The second thing is we really encourage people to grow. By the way, we, we really want people to grow here. We want you to grow, and we're going to talk about that in just, just a minute and later on today about how much we want people to grow because we're all about people. We don't want you to come in and leave the same way. We want you to be transformed in your relationship with God continually over and over again. So we're all about growing, and so if you said, let's look at your line item, let's look at your budget, well, we would say, we'll take a look. We, this is why we do groups. This is why we offer equip classes. This is why we do the things that we do at Brave Church because ultimately we want people to grow. One of the things that we normally do on a Sunday, you don't have them today, is we provide uh, fill-in-the-blank notes, right? And I hope that, I know that you're all great note takers, you love taking notes. So we provide those fill-in-the-blank notes, why? Because I'm really trying to help you grow. So we do everything we can to, to provide a place for you to grow. So we have Bibles in the back that we give out. And not just cheap old Bibles, we try to give you good study Bibles and try to make that affordable and something totally reasonable to you. So just we want you to grow. So we buy these Bibles at around 40 bucks. We sell them to you for 25 bucks. We lose money on that in, in that context, but we don't see it that way. We actually think we're investing in people. We actually think, no, this is building people and growing people. So you say, why do you sell, why, why do you lose money on every Bible that you give away? Because we want people to grow. So I want you to see that this is a, one of the models that we take about growing and how we go about making disciples. Giving. As a church, we set this out from day one. 
And this is, again, us as a church. We're not necessarily asking you to do something. We're letting you know this is what we do. We give as a church. And so from the very beginning, we've always put it as an aim. And we've hit it, I think, and if I'm not mistaken, I think, I really hope I'm, I'm right on this. I think I am. We've never not given away over 10% of what we brought in in a given year. So we aim every single year to give 10% plus away every single year. And so we do that. We set that aside. That is the finances that go outside this house in some form of help carrying out mission or helping people in need. And so we do that every year. And every single year we've done this compassion offering. And a part of our compassion offering, if you've ever been a part of it, all the money that we raise funnels outside. Why? Because we're a church that gives. We believe that you should give, and that's what disciples do. And so that's why we talk about the word we give in this discipleship model. And then the last one is go, and that's real simple, that everything we do here revolves around going, making Jesus known, that it's all for his glory. And so we put these statements together, and these are new statements, by the way. I know none of you have heard these necessarily said in this way, but these are statements you're going to begin to see or hear a lot from this platform, uh, from around our room, around our website, is that we look forward to gathering. And I just want you to know that. I want you to be aware that uh, if you come here thinking, ah, I'm not really excited. No, we want you to look forward to gathering. Like, we prepare all week long for this. Like, we love gathering with our church family. And so, as a church, we gather on Sundays. We'll, guard, we'll gather in large and we'll gather in small groups. We'll talk about that later, too. We gather in events. We have Christmas parties. We've done traditions and different things that we'll do. We've done fall fest. We've done these different events just because we love to gather. We believe in gathering as the body of Christ. And then growing, we talk about this, we really believe that growing is better together, that we grow better together. And there's so many scripture verses, and I could sit here and spit them off to you, but that's not my goal is to tell you how much scripture I can memorize. <laughs> I'm just telling you that we, we grow better together. I mean, it's so true. I mean, the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians, right? Paul talks about this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You should go and read that. It's all about this human body, and he parallels the church, the human body, and each part does its work, and each part grows. And so we grow better together. I believe that wholeheartedly in faith. And then the word, we love to give. You're going to hear us say that all the time. Like, we love to give it brave. The Bible says that we give generously and cheerfully, that he loves a cheerful giver, that Christ loves a cheerful giver. Like, we don't shy away from giving money away. We love it. We love to give. We love to give money away. So you can come and ask, and if you need money, we're going to give it to you. Amen? Why are you laughing? If you're in need of money, we want to give it to you. Like we love to give. So, so we have a care team that helps take care of the church. Our group leaders love to take care of the church. If you're in need, we love to give. Is anybody okay with that? Or is that, are you just surprised? <gasps> a church that loves to give. This is incredible. Like, no, this is what the disciples did. Did you see Acts 2, 42 through 47? Do I need to repeat this again? Okay, put it back up. Acts 2, 42. They're just a, are you with me today on this? Okay, put Acts 2.42 back up. Did you see this? They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Does anyone think the church should do what the disciples did? Yes or no? Who does not believe that, no, let's not do that. Let's not give. Let's just hoard, hoard our money, be selfish. It's about us. Anybody? Yeah, that's, what we, that's how we go about making disciples. Listen, no, we love to give. We love to give out. We love to give to people in need. And so, how do we pull that off? What does that look like? Well, we set aside money in our budget, over 10% in our compassion offering. This is where all that money goes. And so it goes to people who are in need. And so if you're in need, let us know. We love to give to you. If you have a friend that's in need, a neighbor that's in need, we want to know if we can come alongside and help in any way we can. We want to help meet those needs. Amen. Like, that's what we do. We love to give. Can you tell I'm excited about giving? I love to give. It's so good, all right? And so we love to give in our church, and we'll talk more about that. One of the things that we want to start to do, it's not implemented yet, but just so you know that every first-time guest that comes, we want to make a way. We haven't decided how we're going to go about doing it yet, but our hope and our heart is that every first-time guest connection card that comes in, that every first-time guest, if you're here for the first time, will be able to take a donation kind of in, in your name in a way, and we'll donate towards a particular organization of that month. We'll highlight 12 organizations, and then we'll give towards that based on how many new Connect cards we get. Just small ways that we want to help show you that we really do care about giving back to our community. 
and making a difference in our world around us. And so we'll talk more about that later to come, but just small ways that we're going to be showing you that we love to give as a church. It's really, really important. And finally, the word go, that we, we simply wholeheartedly want to go make Jesus known, that everything we do here is to bring glory to him. It's not to bring glory to me. It's not to bring glory to just the name Brave Church. It's really ultimately to bring glory to Jesus Christ. That's ultimately why we are here. And I hope you now feel a little more in line with who we are and kind of where we're going. And so with all of that, for the past uh, six and a half years, we've planted as a church. Uh, we've carried the name Brave Church. And just a few, uh, the past few months, have been feeling personally like the Lord's wanting to change something. We couldn't put our finger on what is he wanting to change? Is it the name of our church? And so we started to debate on changing the name. We felt like, oh, I really like the name Brave. Felt like it fits who we are. And so there's a whole story to that. But we feel like, no, I don't, I don't think that's what he's trying to do, that it's time to, to change the name. So no, no, we're going to keep the name Brave. But ultimately, over the past few weeks and few months, there's been some conversation more and more about what the Lord is changing. And so as we settled in on it as a staff and leadership, the, this happened just, to, just a short while back, was driving, and as soon as I was, I was just t- taking, you know, I'm not an artist in any way, but I'm driving, and all of a sudden I felt like the Lord gave me a picture, and immediately I knew, I think this is our new brand. And it really became symbolic to us of, you know, what we are. And so if you've seen our brand currently, you see this icon of this flag waving. And uh, it is, it's been a great brand for us, a great icon. That, that's really a story of Joshua. It's a flag kind of waving in the air. It's been a really great thing for us. But as we new, move forward, what we feel like the Lord's taking us into a new season as a church, uh, I, I just want to show you our, our new brand that we're going to be putting out. And it's going to help make sense. And it just really speaks to, to who we are. So I think we'll show if you have the, just the new brand, you can put it up uh, if you can't for me. So this is our new brand. It's, it's, it's similar in some ways, but it's going to be different in some ways. But specifically, I want to talk to you about the icon. And so we'll have one kind of blown up the, the picture of the icon. And the reason why this is our icon, I'll tell you how this all came about. So uh, I'm praying, and I start, and then it's going to be fully transparent. And some of you are like, we're never going back because of that. And that's okay. At least I was honest. And so, uh, but, but when we started the church, uh, there was just something, in, you know, honestly in me, six, seven, six and a half years ago. It's like, we don't want to put a cross in our, you know, in our icon. Like, that's, you know, crosses are outdated, you know, like, I don't know. And so we got to be more cool than that. And so we decided not to put a cross in our icon. It was just weird. I know. That's terrible. I know. Some of you right now are thinking, well, we're leaving this guy. I can't it. I know. I, I repent. And, uh, and so, but anyways, we, we, we kind of, you know, just felt like this thing. And so that's how we got started. Well, I'm, I'm talking with the Lord about this whole thing. I'm like, we can't put a cross on our icon, can we? And kind of wrestling through it. And you know, it's the Lord. Have you ever been in a situation like this? Like, you know, like the Holy Spirit just keeps convicting you of this. Like he kind of keeps driving it in. And so it just really felt like we really wanted to come back to the cross. And so I'll be honest with you. This was really me submitting to the Lord saying, Jesus, I'll never make it about me again in my life. I will not make it about the church. It's going to be you. You're going to be at the center. And the best way I know to do that is to put you at the center. And so here's what we did. We decided to create this icon. And so what this will be our new icon, new brand is going to be rolling out. You're going to see this everywhere. I just spoke to our brand company and print company and all that stuff. And so all this is going to be rolling out soon. But um, so the center of it, and someone say, well, my wife was like, she was like, that's a plus sign. I'm like, that's a cross. No. So here, here's, here's the cross. Okay. If you look dead to the center, you see the white cross on top of a black background, and that's to represent sin behind and cross of purity has come forward, that we're created uh, pure and clean, right, with the cross and what Jesus did for us. And the reason you see this kind of semi kind of circle in the center is the center of the cross ultimately reminds us that we're all about people, that the purpose of the cross was people. When Jesus came, it was all about people. And so that's just the reminder of that. So we put the cross right at the center, and I love that. Anybody love putting the cross back to where it is positioned to be at the front of the cross, at the church of it? I just love that. So we decided that we would put the cross at the center, then the four lines that you see, the four kind of L shape that make up the cross are the four pillars that I talked to you about. That when we said the church that we see, we feel like we're supposed to A, build a church, two, that somehow we would help children get a Christ-centered education. We believe in that. Third, that we'd have homes for the homeless and then some way helping house, housing and transitional housing for people. And then the fourth one was simply that there'd be a resource center. So those four pillars make, make up that, that four things that I talked to you about that we, the church that we see. 
And then if you look into the sections of, I told you we're really intentional on this stuff. And so, so the sections or the kind of the, the spaces that you see, uh, not the lines themselves, but where you kind of see those four uh, uh, kind of triangles, kind of pies, if you would, pieces of a pie, is the four things I talked about our strategy or our approach, gather, grow, give, and go. And so ultimately, all of this works together and not even connecting the lines to the top of the circle, that was intentional because we believe it all kind of works and funnels together ultimately to lead people to a transformational relationship with Jesus. And then finally, if you look at it, you want to call it the lowercase letter T, that's to remind us, of course, of what? Our whole mission statement, to lead people to a transformational relationship with Jesus. Can you just clap? Because uh, I just feel like I'm... Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Man, I just love our icon, and, uh, and I want you to love it too. And so you say, why does he take so much time talking about an icon? Because I want you to, to understand what we're all about. This is all about alignment. I just want you to get into alignment with where we are, where we're going as a church. And so when you see the icon, I just want you to go, okay, that was intentional. It's not just trying to be cool or trendy. There's a lot of intentionality that goes behind that. And that's why our brand matters. This is why our brand matters so, so much. Because alignment, and we'll talk about this, alignment allows us to go where God is leading us. And so I want you and I to go together to ultimately follow Jesus. And so this is why we're coming to alignment with what he's wanting to do in our church in this season and this time. And so we want to follow him together. So ultimately, this is all about alignment. Amen. And that's why I just wanted to walk you through some of that. And so today, as we kind of begin to transition towards this new direction of our church, we want to do something. And we want to do something for you and anyone that you bring or anyone that you invite. Here's what we want to do. We want to shape the path so, so easily. And I know that it's so hard. You say, well, what's our mission, vision, you know, statement? I'm not going to ask you to quiz you every day. We're not going to say, hey, come up here. Tell us that you don't know that. You're out of here. I can't believe you can't repeat back, you know, what we do. No, it's not about that. We want to shape this path so easy for people. And one of the tensions with this word disciple that we've created, we've done so many different ways of trying to make disciples, but we want to simply help people make the decision to follow Jesus and be transformed in their relationship with God. So we want to do something. We want to create and shape the path as clearly and easy as possible for people to learn what it means to be a disciple of Christ. That's all we want to do. So we are going to begin something. You're going to see it, again, roll out in this whole new brand. And these are simply called Brave Steps. And this is something we want every one of you to know. And we make it so, so simple for people because we don't want there to be any barriers as to what the next step is in their relationship with God. So we call them brave steps. And we'll put them up. There's seven of them. And, and we just went through seven steps. We felt like this really solidifies it. And here are brave steps. So when you come in the next few weeks, you're going to start to see this everywhere. And you're going to hear us talk about it. You're going to see it on our website. These are simply brave steps. And we would love for each of you to remember these brave steps. In fact, if you want to take a photo of it just so you can remember it, because ultimately we want to empower you to make disciples. I don't know if you know this, but this is not just our calling. It's every disciple's calling. If you're a believer and follower of Jesus, then ultimately your goal is also to make disciples. And so you say, well, how do I do that? Well, we'll just follow these seven steps for people, and I think it'll really help. So the first one is follow Jesus, that it all starts starts with Jesus, following Jesus, making the decision to follow Jesus. The second one is baptism. Even yesterday, I was at a soccer field talking with somebody and uh, an adult family, and they asked me, turn around, ask me a question because they know I'm a pastor of a church, and they just said, hey, I got a question about baptism. And we began to talk about baptism, you know, and they didn't have a lot of insight as to what baptism was all about and what does baptism mean and when should I baptize a child or a grandchild. And so we had this conversation about 15, 20 minutes, and I remember walking away from this conversation, not even that, it was like five minutes long, and I explained the, the idea of baptism, where it comes from. And I remember him saying to me, he goes, I've never heard it so easily explained. And then he said what my favorite words to hear, he goes, that actually makes sense. And in that very moment, I was like, praise God, I just got to spend five minutes with the conversation to help somebody understand what baptism is and is not. And it, but that makes sense. Thanks for kind of helping me out with that. Yeah, we're all about people. Absolutely. So we want to help people get really clear on what it means to be baptized and why we do baptisms. The third process, we believe it wholeheartedly, is join a group. We're going to talk about that today. Serve with a team, give generously, bring a friend, and live brave. And the, just so you know, live brave is like, oh, that sounds trendy, that sounds cool. No, live brave, I believe this. When you try to live a life where you fulfill God's calling on your life, it takes a lot of courage to pull that off. 
And so uh, ultimately, we want people to carry out what it is that God wants them to do. And so I believe, literally, I believe this, that God has a calling on every single one of your life. It's not like I'm called, and you're just sorry, you're not called, and you're not called. You're called, but you're not called. And uh, all of us are called, ultimately, to fulfill what God calls us to do. And I just, I'm telling you, after following Jesus for 15, 16 years of my life in ministry, I'm telling you, it takes a lot of courage oftentimes to do what God calls you to do. Anybody ever followed Jesus and thought, man, it's been easy so far. It's just been super easy, no challenging, not hard, not uncomfortable, right? It's, it's often uncomfortable to follow Jesus, and he calls us to do things we thought we would never do. And so we want to encourage people ultimately to live brave. So we want people to follow Jesus, get baptized, join a group, serve with a team. That's what we call our serve teams. Give generously, bring a friend, because why? So we can just have more people here. No, because oh, we want to go and make disciples. We want to tell people about what God has done in our life and then ultimately live brave. And so those steps are going to be easy steps for you. And we did that for you because we want to make it so simple for you. And then if you're ever around talking to somebody and you're like, you know, just use it as a cheat sheet. That's okay. Like, hey, you know, you follow Jesus. Yeah, cool. Baptized. Uh, you in a group? No, not in a group. Okay, well, let's start there. And so this is just an easy cheat sheet to help people follow Jesus and take their next steps in faith. Amen. So we just laid it out very simple, very easy for us. That's it. Nothing to sign, nothing to commit to. That's just where we are. And ultimately, we believe we help people take those steps. We're accomplishing what it is that God wants us to accomplish. Amen? We'll put one last verse up, and then we'll begin to close out. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I was meditating and reading on this verse and studying it all kind of throughout the past week or so, and this verse just resonated with me, and I want to share it with you as we wrap up this whole day. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is writing to this church in Corinth, and here's what this guy Paul writes. He says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, they are infants in Christ. He says, I give you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready yet. There's this idea that you're supposed to be growing, but you're not growing yet. And then he says, indeed, you are still not not ready. You're still worldly. In other words, you kind of get a sense of his heart towards this group of people. It's not just an organization he's talking to. He's talking to people, and he's saying, you should be further along by now, but you're not. And it's kind of breaking his heart. It's kind of frustrating him a little bit. He says, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, those are just signs that maybe you're worldly. You're not where you're supposed to be. You're still dealing with some particular sins in your life that you need to be freed from. He goes on to say, are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another follow Paulos, are you not mere human beings? Are we not mere human beings? Here's what's happening in the text. Listen to me. Follow me on this. This is so important for our church family as we get into alignment. So many people were bragging in this day about who they were following. You really should come check out our church, man. Apollos is amazing. It's all about Apollos. Apollos is great. I love to hear about Apollos. I want to go up here about Apollos, man. You go to where? You go follow Paul. You, you should come check out Apollos. Apollos is the guy. I mean, Apollos has got it. He preaches, man. Oh, he just hits home. He hits the heart. He, he memorizes the thing. It's all about Apollos. And then some other guy would say, no, 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 man. You got to come check out Paul. Paul is incredible. I mean, Paul just preaches the roof off and people are shouting, waving hankies. It's amazing. And it's all about Paul. And there becomes this tension between it's about Apollos, it's about Paul, it's about Cephas, and they continue. And this is frustrating, Paul. And he's like, this is actually showing that you're not where you're supposed to be in your maturity in Christ. And then he goes on to write, and he continues on in verse 5. And he says, what after all is Apollos? I mean, what is he? Like, that's his tension. Who cares about this guy? And he says, and what is Paul? And he's the one writing this letter. Like, like, who am I? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not about me. And then he goes on to say, we're only servants. That's it. Like, that's on our best day. We're just servants through whom you came to believe. We're just vessels. We're just people. And as the Lord has assigned to each his task. And then he makes this really, really important statement. He says, I planted the seed. Yeah, I planted the seed. God used me to plant a seed, but Apollos watered it. And I love that. And he says, but God has been making it grow. It's God who makes it grow. It's not me. It's not Apollos. No, no, stop the argument about who's better, what church is better, what person's better. No, no, this is really about God making it all grow. We're just a part of it. And he says, but only God who makes things grow. It's only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded. I love this. According to their what? Labor. Not according to their rewards. 
Now that's huge. That's so important because we don't get rewarded from God. The bigger church we have, the more rewards we get in heaven. No. He says it's according to the labor. I just want you to know that God does not look at your accomplishments as much as he looks at who you're becoming. God cares way more about who you're becoming than what you accomplish and what you build or what you establish. He cares way more about what and who, or who you're becoming than what you do for him. It doesn't matter, he says. That's not how you get rewards. For we are co-workers in God's service, and you are God's field, God's building. And here's why I say that to you, because this is the one thing I want you to know today, that God will grow us simply as this. God will grow us as we position ourselves to grow. That ultimately, we hope for you and our hope for, for, for people and, and even myself that we will just continue to position ourselves to grow. And there are two areas specifically I have found in my life as I've followed the Lord that we believe are high potential environments to grow. And this is where I want to wrap up and talk to you about today. And we mentioned it up in our steps a minute ago. Remember our brave steps, join a group and serve with a team. And here, here they are. These are two high potential environments we have found as it relates to growing people, simply groups and serve teams. This is not just so we can have more volunteers and more people to serve. We have an incredible group of people who serve each and every week. And this is not just so we can brag about how many people we have in groups. Oh, we got 9,000 people in groups. It's amazing. All right. It's not just about, just about bragging on getting people in a group, but we actually believe, we really believe this. These are just high potential environments to grow. And that's why we want every single person to join a group and serve on a team. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? Because these are high potential environments. That's all they are. And I was talking to my wife about this, and I just said, you know, ultimately what it is is this. All we do as a church ultimately is create an environment for you to grow. That's what this is right now. It's just an environment for you to grow. I can't make you grow. All you can do is position yourselves to grow. And in my, my head is a lot on sports right now because my kids are back in soccer and all that's going on. And I was thinking about this and I just thought, you know, isn't that what team sports and, and sports are all about, really? I mean, a coach shows up and his responsibility is, I promise to grow you, but you have to show up to practice. So God takes responsibility to grow you, but you got to show up to practice. And what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians is the same thing. Hey, hey, I'll water Hey, hey, I'll plant, but ultimately it's God that puts you in a position to grow. So really it's about saying, God, I give you my life. I give you my space. I give you some time. I give you whatever it is, and I'll position myself to grow you. And when you position yourself to grow, God will grow you. He takes responsibility to grow you and to ultimately that you would become who he's created you to be. But you have to position yourself there. If you don't show up to practice, you won't get any better right? Like that just makes sense. But like a coach, he comes along and says, I will help you get better at this, but you've got to position yourself to grow. And the two best ways to do that, we believe wholeheartedly, is to join a group and serve with a team. And so here's what I want to do. I want to invite up our group leaders. If you're a group leader, would you come up here for just a minute? And the reason I want to invite these group leaders up, you guys could just stand down front if you're a group leader here. And the reason why... Come, come, come. Yeah, you're here. Don't be ashamed. Yeah, just come, come. We talked about this like all week. I emailed you. I texted you. You know it's coming. Um, so uh, these are our group leaders. These are not all of our group leaders. We have a, a few out today as well that are they're at home sick and text me and they can't come. But these are a few of our group leaders. And, and so the incredible people who are opening up their home, uh, they're ready to meet all of your needs. They're going to cook for you, clean for you. These are just incredible people. They love to baby... Yeah, if you have children, they love to send you on dates because they believe, and you didn't sign up for this, but they did. But uh, no, so, so these are just people who lead groups and help lead groups. And so uh, anyways, and so this is Nancy and Jeremy, and so they're going to be in the back in a little bit, and they have a group on Monday nights, right? I think on Monday nights. And this is Don and Michelle. His wife is at home, and they lead a group on Zoom online on Wednesday nights. And so you can go back. This is Andrews and Lindsay. And uh, Andrews is our worship leader here. Isn't he great? He's fantastic. And his wife, Lindsay, ultimately is why he's so great is because she makes him great. But uh, they're going to be leading a, a, a group on Monday nights at their house. And so Tuesdays, Tuesdays. Yeah, they're the correct Tuesday nights. That's right. You told me no Mondays. So Tuesday nights. This is Kenny Cologne and his wife, Caitlin. She might be serving in kids. She's a kid serving. And so they lead a group on Wednesday nights. And so they're going to be back in the back. And I mean, if you want to join their group. And then, what's that? Oh, team leaders. That's okay. Yeah, these are fine. You're like, oh, we came at the wrong time. It's okay. All right. We'll talk about team leaders. Y'all just stay here, okay? All right. 
So uh, I was like, look at each other, you don't need a group, but all right. But you're like, maybe you're signing up today to lead a group. That'd be great. All right. So then we also have a women's group, Nisi uh, Montoya. She's at home. She's not feeling well today. But they lead a group out of the church office on Wednesday night for all of our ladies. And then actually, Heather, you can represent your husband, Damon, who leads our men's group. And uh, we have a men's group that meets on Monday nights. I think he's doing it uh, on Monday nights. And so we have that sign-up information in the back as well. And so these are our group leaders. And we just want you to kind of know who they are. At the same time, I would love for us to pray for them because as they lead you and kind of open their homes, I would love for to take this moment just to pray for them and even thank them for opening their homes to our church and to allow you to come into their homes and destroy their homes and then leave and trash it. No. So can we just pray for our group leaders? Can we pray for them? All right, let's pray. Jesus, thank you uh, for your leaders, Father. Thank you for those who are willing to say yes to you and ultimately provide a place for people to grow in their knowledge of who you are. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would fill them with every ounce of wisdom they need. Help them, Father, to sustain their energy and, uh, and strengthen them, Father, as they carry out the work of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate all of our amazing group leaders? Okay. For those of you who are not serving and leading a team, you can walk away and for just a minute because some of these group leaders also lead a team in our church. And so if you serve or you lead one of our serve teams, you can come up for just a minute if you can, who is not currently up here, if you currently lead a team. And by the way, Don Jones is one of our elders as well. And so he's the one that takes all the church complaints. So if you have complaints about our church, uh, he is one of uh, our elders here. And, uh, and so if you have a complaint, email Don uh, Jones. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for taking all that off my plate. All right. So we have our team leaders. Now, our team leaders, our serve team leaders, those who lead different teams uh, in our church. And so today as well, we would love for you to sign up to serve on a team. And so here we have Heather, and Heather leads our birth, our babies, yeah, through two years old. Is that what it is, right? And so... And so, uh, so she leads that classroom, and uh, each and every week, there's great, great people who serve and are holding kids while this is all happening, and so they need help. I mean, honestly, each of these, are, if I gave them each the microphone, which I'm not, because they're just going to pitch to you about how bad they need help, and I'm just going to tell you they all need the help, and, um, and so... So they do a great job in taking care of our kids, and this is Celissa as well as Celissa Smith, and she runs our three-year-old through pre-K classroom, so she leads that and helps train our volunteers up for that and schedules you and all of that stuff, and I know they need a lot of help. I was talking with her, texting with her this week, and I said, you think you had four people kind of total that you're rotating, just four people, and they need two each and every week. So we have a lot of people in this classroom serving every single week, and they never get the opportunity to sit here. I know they would love for you to be willing to go back to them and say, hey, I'm willing to help out so you can go in there once a month. That's our goal, by the way. We'd love for everybody to be able to serve once a month. That way everybody can be back in here. And so they need help with that classroom. This is Lindsay, and she leads our first impressions team. That's all of our greeting and hosting and parking team. And they do a great job. Anybody ever felt welcomed at Brave Church when you arrived? Just great parking and they're just loving people smiling. That's the team she leads. Andrews is our worship leader here, and so he leads our worship ministry, obviously. And in case you don't know, uh, you're like, man, do they believe in drums? We believe in drums. We just don't have a drummer. And, uh, and so uh, we, we do have a drummer, but he's in, he's in, in vacation or uh, work in Mexico, and work pulls him out. And so we have one drummer, and he's been drumming with us from day one for six and a half years, the same drummer pretty much every single week. And so sometimes he can't be here. And when he's not here, we have no one else. So if you play drums, and it'd be good, though. Don't come here and just like throw us off beat, okay? I mean, but, uh, and I, and I play drums. I play drums for many years, and I've even offered. I was like, maybe it's time for me to step up, you know, until, you know, whatever, but, uh, but he's like, no, 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 you're okay, <laughs> and uh, so, but if you play drums, we, we do have drums. We believe in drums. We want drums. Anyways, and so this is our worship team, so if you sing, play an instrument, this is the person to talk to. This is Jeremy, and he leads our setup and teardown team. Can we just celebrate our setup team? Um, they do a fantastic job, and, and so they've had some guys here uh, occasionally on Fridays, but a lot of times on Sunday mornings, the majority of it happens, and so everything you see, the stage, the lights, it all gets torn down, all the different respected areas in our church, they really could use some people to help set them up and tear them down, and so really the main help is in setup. A tear down goes a lot faster, but set up, that happens on Sunday mornings at 6.30 right now, I think, 6.30. And they get here at 6.30 in the morning and help set this whole thing up. And uh, the more 
more we get, then we can kind of push that maybe to 7 o'clock, and then hopefully we get done fast enough that a lot of people may be able to go back home and change clothes and kind of get their families and then come back. But anyways, this is just a fantastic team. And so if you're a person who's like, I don't really love kids, I don't play an instrument, I don't want to smile and wave at people, uh, then set up just might be the place for you. And so we need that help for sure. And this is Shelly Jada, an amazing, amazing woman in our church. And so she leads our prayer team, uh, and that happens on Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. as she is in that room and now back in what we call like our teacher's lounge area space, but it's our prayer room is what we call it at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And if you have a heart for prayer, for interceding for the local church, they do that every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And that is Shelly. She leads our prayer team. And I'm just going to tell you now, I promise you, if you ever come up to this woman and say, I need prayer, just sit down, get ready, because uh, like heaven's about to come and, and you know, uh, tears are going to flood out your eyes and you're all kinds of prophetic words are going to come over you. You're not going to know what hit you. But she's just an amazing, amazing person, her and her husband. And uh, Shelly's gifted in so many different ways and loves to pray. And, and oftentimes, Shelly will text me. She hates that I'm doing this, but it's true. She'll text me throughout the week, and she'll say, I just spent two, three hours in prayer praying for the church. And I'm like, I'm terrible. Why am I the pastor, Shelly? Like, you're, you are out praying me all the time. And, uh, and she's like, I got a word from the Lord for you. And it's like every time it's like right on spot. I'm like, how come I'm not getting the words? Because Shelly's stealing them. You know, she's getting all the words. And, um, <laughs> and so, so this is Shelly. She loves to pray. An amazing, amazing person. She also will be leading our equip classes. So equip classes, we'll let you know more about that. But equip classes are simply what they are. They are simply classes that we'll lead and teach occasionally, periodically. It could happen for like just one Sunday, one hour. It could happen for a couple of Sundays or a couple of days in the week or could happen online. We'll roll those out, but she helps lead equip classes. Uh, questions like, what is prayer? And how do I pray? Or how do I learn to pray? Or how do I read the Bible? So we do equip classes occasionally, and she as well will help lead those as well. So these are our team leaders in our church. And so we want to celebrate them and love on them. And I want to pray for them, too. So uh, they need your help. And so if you're not currently serving on a team, this is who we want you to get connected to. And there's all the sign-up sheets in the back. So we have two tables in the back. We have a group table and a serve team table because we believe wholeheartedly that putting yourself in a position on one of these or both of these is a high-potential environment to grow. You say, how does serving grow me? And listen, look at the life of Jesus. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. To give my life as a ransom for many. One of the best ways you can grow in your relationship with God is simply getting involved in just serving other people. You begin to serve other people, God begins to grow you. You position yourself to grow. And that's what serving ultimately is all about. And let me tell you, every single one of you has a place to serve here, I promise. Uh, if you don't believe us, we will make it happen. We'll create a place just for you. All right. So let's pray for our serve team leaders that God would fill them with lots of people. Everybody's going to go sign up right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to love it. Every person. Every... All right. So, Father, thank you for those who are willing to lead uh, this church in this way and serve you in this way. And so, Father, I pray today, Father, over them as they lead, Father, you would help them with wisdom and strengthen them, God, to ultimately pull off and, and ultimately do and accomplish everything you call them to do in their life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so all of our serve team leaders are going to go in the back. All of our group leaders are going to go back in what we call kind of our Brave Central kind of lobby area. They're going to be back there ready for you. Now, I've done the best I can to help you understand today how we align as a church. And I'm getting out of here good right on time. In fact, just a little bit early, so you have plenty of time, because normally we go to around 11.15. That's typically it, so we're getting out five minutes early. And all that's intentional to help you have plenty of time today before you go grab your kids to go find your spot. And this is ultimately so, so important, so important. Before I tell you the three words, ready, set, go. So, so important that you understand. This whole thing today is about you. We love you. We are about people here. This is not just so we can have more volunteers in our church, just so we can have more people in groups. Ultimately, what this is about is you putting yourself in a high potential environment to grow. Parents, listen to me. When you send your teenager to our youth ministry, all it is, all it is, is a high potential environment to grow. When you go to a group, all it is is a high potential environment to grow. It's God that does the growing. Yeah, we provide the plays, but it's God that does the growing. When you show up here on a Sunday and you gather, whether you're online or here in person, you're just putting yourself in a position to grow. Don't miss out on those opportunities to gather because it's just a potential environment to grow, to find out what God is wanting to say or do through you. And so we believe wholeheartedly in this. We really do. And we want each of you to be part of this and to join a group and ultimately serve on a team. 
And so uh, I just encourage you to consider that. And, and, I, and I, all I can do ultimately here is set the stage for you. And then you decide, you decide if you want to grow. But if you want to grow, that's the best place I know to do it is to join a group and serve on a team. You do that. And I just believe wholeheartedly God will respond and you'll be equipped and ready to grow in your faith and in your relationship with God and ultimately live out the brave life that he's called you to live in your life. Amen. I hope that was as simple as it possibly is. Before I say ready, set, go, and I dismiss you to go sign up. And uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, a couple announcements remind you of Israel. If you have questions about Israel, put that down in your connection card. We'll get back to you on that, but uh, that's going to happen in April 2023. So if you're interested in doing that, uh, sign that on your card, then turn that card in and give or or one of the tables in the back. We'll make sure we get you information on that. Our ladies lunch happening on September the 25th following our service. Uh, I think that's a free event. If I'm not mistaken, you just need to sign up for that. Let us know and we'll make sure that we get you a part of that as well. Our youth ministry starting on September the 11th. That'll happen on Sunday night at 6.30, I believe it is, 6.30 on Sunday nights. So it goes for about an hour, hour and a half. And uh, so I'll be leading that with some others uh, involved in our youth ministry. And so then our groups are all in the back. Um, one group that I did not mention that was not up here today, uh, actually two groups, and I just totally forgot, is, uh, is my group. And so me and my wife are going to be leading a group as well. We're going to be doing this on Wednesday nights. It's going to be a little unique to our other groups. All of our groups, by the way, are the same. Just so you know, they're all sermon-based. We call message-based groups, which basically they review the messages from here and kind of talk and fellowship and hang out and do life together. So they all look the same. So you're going to get the same content in every group you attend outside of me and my wife's group. And me and my wife's group, are, we're going to do a run group. And so we believe in getting healthy and staying fit. And so we're going to to, uh, try this out this season, see how it goes. We're going to do a run group on Wednesday nights. Uh, we live in our Bexley neighborhood. That's where we live at. And so we're going to run together. And so if you want to, it's for all ages, by the way, if you just want to get healthy and it's that time, uh, just so you know, me and my wife are really good at holding people accountable. So don't show up and, and you know, think that you're not going to get in shape. And if you miss a Sunday, hey, you, you, you where's your photo of you running? Because you, you missed your run this week. So this is not going to be like just, uh, you know, you get to run once and then you never hear from us again. And so we're going to do this. Uh, through December just for our group, our run group, and we're going to do this on Wednesday nights. Uh, it's going to be a short devotion, and then we're going to take off on a run. And, uh, and so everybody will be able to run at their own pace, of course, and, and we'll set the course and the distance and all that kind of thing. But you can bring, uh, you know, baby strollers and stuff like that. Bring kids out if you want to. Just wear them out. That's fine if you want. You know, have them run with you. But we're going to gather together, and so if you want to be a part of that, that'll also be back there, and I'll be back there for that. And then also, uh, something we wanted to do, this is not happening yet, but if you're if you're interested, uh, we're going to do it as a form of softball team. There's a softball league starting in a couple of weeks. And so if you're interested in playing softball, uh, this is a co-ed thing. And so we don't have it guaranteed yet because we don't know how many people will sign up, but we need about 15 people to sign up in order to really pull it off and have enough people and rotations and stuff. And so if you're interested in playing softball, you can just sign up for that in the back as well. So um, anyways, I love you so much. Are you ready for this? This is real simple. Okay, I hope I make make it so simple for you today. All right, I love you so much. I thank you. I can't wait to, I won't be here next Sunday, but Pastor Andrews, Andrews will be in the back. He'll be teaching on worship, so we're excited about that. All right, so are you ready for this? Ready? I said that really fast. I know. Okay, ready, set, go. I love you. You're dismissed. Take care.